Hello and welcome to the Postmodern Art Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Raglan, and I cannot tell you how excited I am for today's episode. Today we have Dion Parson, aka Super D, professional cartoonist behind Life of Karami, Pen and Ink, and Rosebuds. He was one of the first people I listed on my dream guest list, and it was everything I hoped for and then some. Seriously, his story, his inspiration, and the love he radiates for his craft and the community is infectious. Go follow him on all platforms with his link tree in the description. Also, support the podcast any way that you can. In one episode alone, we've made quite the leap when it comes to production. I have a new mic. Please let me know if you prefer this one or the old one. We're also available on more platforms now. So you can listen to us on Anchor FM, Spotify, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Though recording wasn't exactly flawless. I'm sure you'll hear at some point some dogs barking in the background. But nevertheless, I am very proud of this episode, and I cannot wait for more to come. Like I said, follow us on all the podcast platforms as well as the YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at PostModArtPod for future updates as well. And now, without further ado, please enjoy the Postmodern Art Podcast. Alright, before we get to introductions and such, uh, D, if I may ask a question, think of it as an icebreaker, just kind of, you know, get everyone ready. What is your most unpopular art opinion? Oh my gosh. Um, I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> well, that's why it's an icebreaker. It's just kind of mentally just re- prepare you for it. Well, man, I don't know. Like, because there's so many questions that are, um, you know, so many opinions that are pretty popular that I don't know. Probably something I would say is is popular opinion. I don't know. Uh, whenever you, Whenever I ask that question, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Uh, it's usually the how how people take. I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Okay, hey, 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 a, take deep breath. There's no pressure. I'm, you know, just asking a question. That's all. <laughs> so for okay, so for me, uh, I I, I don't necessarily think it's um. Un- unpopular but something that i think about a lot but it really is about um how other artists treat each other like especially in like social communities okay okay do you care to elaborate on that a little bit well from so from from what of a lot of what i've seen or at least have kind of looked at on my own or not really looked at on my own, but kind of have seen firsthand is the whole gatekeeping of who people can talk to based on how popular they are and things like that. Uh, Ridiculous. Um, Like we're all doing art together. Why are we gatekeeping or why are we causing conflict with other people? Like we're all doing the same thing, entertaining people with stuff that we like. We shouldn't be, like, you know, we should we shouldn't be, you know, causing conflict with each other. And it seems like there's always some sort of conflict when when I don't know. Whenever something happens, it's just it just man. I again, it's not really unpopular, but it's something that I've probably had the most uh, the most. I guess the most, uh, gosh, <laughs> like the most firsthand experience kind of seeing it with uh, yeah. some of your close friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And that's, that's the opinion that you're willing to, to stand by. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, with that, I can't think of a better way to start the postmodern art podcast. Welcome everyone. My name is Nathan Raglan. I'll be the host for this evening. Uh, Make sure to take the time to go check us out on Anchor FM, Spotify, and I believe all audio platforms. I'm not 100% sure yet. I'm still trying to get this podcasting down as well. As well as go to our YouTube page to see the, the video version of this. And if you will, follow us on Twitter at PostModArtPod. With me today is the creator of several strips, just like Like with uh, Kumari, the Glyph-nominated pen and ink, and now the recently... Uh, made for print rosebuds as well as the absolute unit side project of plush maria jim davis enthusiast and professional cartoonist dion parson aka super d how are you doing today d 
I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing wonderful. You don't know how I, I've said this. I, I said this before. You don't know how excited I am to have you on the show. You were one of the first names I wrote down on my list of like dream podcast guests, and so to have you on as basically episode number one is incredible. And I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day to sit down and chat with me. <laughs> it's it's an honor. Like it really is. Like it means a lot that you know you think of me enough to want to be a part of your podcast. Like I, like I am happy to be here. I, I mean, to be fair, I mean, I've seen a lot of your stuff online, especially with Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. So to see a lot of your comic strips and see the, the support and the following that you have, it, it may be both like, I, I love just about everything that you push out. And I, it made me just curious, just kind of like, you know, your thought process and like inspiration and all this other kind of stuff. So let's, you know, now we got the introduction out of the way. Let's get to some actual questions. Let's start with more or less the origin story of you. What made you want to be a cartoonist in the first place? It started back in two thousand, in the early two thousand. Okay. Uh, me and my family lived in this town, which is known as a sundown town. And if you don't know what that is, uh, sundown town is basically something that practiced segregation. Uh, we were the only black family in the whole town, too, for our entirety of living in, which was at least six to seven years. Um, yes. Not only that, but they also had the KKK residing there. They would do uh, rallies every Saturday or so, and we'd have to stay in. And, you know, like we, we've had our conflicts with them. It's, you know, things like that. But one of the things that really got me into art was I discovered uh funny enough i discovered garfield and also discovered captain underpants and you know those two comics in particular really inspired me to get into comics more specifically garfield but i also got into playing video games which i just loved the artistry of them at the time it was just like these fun little adventures with these fun cartoon characters i i i did a like i loved playing like yoshi's island and uh uh mario kart 64 mario party 3 things like that but one day in grade school third grade to be exact i uh i made a comic that was about luigi going camping and booze were spending the whole afternoon and night pulling pranks on luigi and so i shared this comic with a friend and he read it, and he laughed so hard he fell out of his desk, red in the face, tears running down his eyes, uh, and his cheeks. But like the bad, the bad side of that was he had asthma. Oh. But you know, little me at the time didn't know that was a bad thing. But uh, I just saw that for the first time, it made someone happy with something that I made. So I, you know, it's been my life. It's been my life journey, my life goal to continue making people feel that way, to feel happy about something that I made that, you know, brightened their day up a bit. So that's kind of where my start has came from. Okay, that that's truly, that's a lot, that's very inspirational, to be honest. I mean, hearing that kind of stuff. I uh, I grew up in the South myself, so I, I see, you know, like influences like that here and there and such. So I can only imagine for you in the situation you're a bit, you were, uh, to to come out of it as you are and to create such like amazing comics as you really do. I mean, like I said, it's it's inspiring. Uh, speaking of inspiration, uh, I've I ran through the list of like the comics that you created. I mean, each one has their own uniqueness and individuality with each one. What are some of the inspirations for like each of the comics that you have? So there's three big ones. Um. Mm -hmm. One thing that I talk about with each of the comics is that um, they each of them uh, focus on a different version of love or a different theme of love. Like, so, Wife with Karami, it's about a single mother raising her infant daughter and overcoming her self-doubts and anxieties. That comic is themed around loving yourself. Pen and Ink is about two sisters that are creating art with each other and, you know, their relationship with each other. 
and, you know, showcasing their love for not only each other, but also their love for art, too. Like, the whole comic series is literally from their point of view, even down to the comic itself. Like, it's all drawn, it's, it's, it's under the impression that it's drawn specifically by them. Like, even, like, in the books, like, it's credited under their name. But their version, but their, their love is under Love What You Do. And Rosebud's, the current comic, it's does it, uh, it's about you know these three sisters Rosa Maria and Marcella and their relationships with each other their bonds and rivalries you know the loving and bickering that comes between being siblings but uh, their you know their theme of love is love those around you so each of them have this special dynamic of of a particular version of love that kind of helps you know that's why they feel so distinct from each other even though they feel you know have this specific uh has a specific like had this specific uh theming to them and so that's really you know the inspiration with them is that i focus on love but then i kind of focus on what kind of love that each of those focus on is that kind of a, a thought process that you have with just about any sort of idea that you come up with or was it just mainly specifically those three like you had that thought and you just ran with it so it became the, the finished product that it became. Yeah, it actually just became the finished product as it became like, I started out like usually like they all, like they all ended up at the end of the day forming those three themes. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it honestly wasn't intentional. And so I started really fleshing out their characters and the whole theming, or at least the whole uh, creation of the project, toward to what it is now, but uh, but yeah, that's kind of how it worked out for all three of them. Is that they kind of they molded into that rather than it being the uh, the initial concept. Okay, okay, that's that's honestly really impressive right there. Um, with each of these comics, like they're very unique and they're very dis- uh, distinct. Words are wonderful, by the way. <laughs> yeah, you see, you see how, how how words have been treating me. <laughs> I guess that's why we, you know, some of us go to art because we're better at uh, visualizing our words rather than saying the words. Oh yeah. Um, but back to that. Um, like I said, you put a lot of, you know, you you inspire by, you know, love. You you know, you molded about that. How much of yourself and like your ideals do you put in each one of your ideas in each one of your strips? I'd say quite a bit. Like, you know, I, I feel at least all the characters have a have a certain part of me within them, and like in some way, shape, or form. Uh, and, I, and I feel like that goes for all artists, too. Like, um, they all have, like, you know, there's always something of, within each character that has just a bit of them in it. And so... Uh, that that's you know that that's kind of how it is for me like each of the characters do have just at least a bit of something of me that uh that kind of you know is in their characters like my self-doubts and anxieties are in anna uh inks ink in particular her love to just create her boundless childlike wonder of what to do next is kind of how I like to treat each of my projects just going in super excited to just work on the next thing and just have fun. Uh, you know, things like that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I can, uh, you know, I'll go ahead and jump this question. It, I can see how you put a lot of your like stuff into this and I, I can vouch for the same way when it comes to other, you know, other people, they can easily plug themselves into a lot of your, your comics with, the general themes um uh, about a week or so ago i think it was september 9th i could be wrong don't quote me on that um you posted a comic on your twitter talking about how like people are wondering why you don't openly advocate for stuff whenever it's shown that the stuff that you do put out they talk they do the representation for you how important is it for you for your audience to have that connection rather than just going out there and just saying it on twitter yourself uh, I feel like it's really important to me in particular because as I, you know, cause as the comic stated, like all, like 
like the thing about that comic was it was actually written from life. Like people have, you know, asked me that question in the, in the reader, the people that were, re, you know, responding to like, uh, my persona, mm-hmm. you know, those were things that have been taught that have been told to me, uh, a few years ago, I had a, uh, a museum exhibition um, from uh, Life with Karami and Pen and Ink called Drawn to Life, and it showcased original comic strips from Life with Karami's archive and Pen and Ink's archive. And there was a mother that came up to me. She was crying, and she was so happy to see me. And she told me how, you know, she's a single mother of six kids. And she loved Anna because she because she despite her being single and raising a child on her own she still had this un she had this boundless you know pit of optimism of wanting to continue doing the you know doing the right thing and you know believing in herself that she can continue to do the right thing and she you know she was saying how much she related to that how much she appreciated you know to read you know a comic with a character like anna in there because she re- resonated with her and I almost cried in front of her because I was like, oh, my gosh, you're just such a strong woman. And, you know, people tell me this stuff all the time. Like, you know, I like I, I relate to, you know, the relationship of these characters. I relate to, you know, who these characters are, what they like to do. Like, it's never about the representation of their skin. It's about the representation of their character. Like, like, honestly, you know. Anna being Caucasian, Pen and Ink being black, and uh, Maria, Rosa, and Marcella being Mexicans, you know, was just an afterthought. It was just something that, you know, worked for their characters. It wasn't something that I thought of first. It was just something that, again, that just kind of fit them, you know? And so, you know, for me, you know, I... I care about representation based on what the character is rather than what they look like. And I feel like that's kind of a problem with a lot of current media stuff is that we're all, anytime we get any type of representation, it's the selling point. That shouldn't be the selling point of a character. It's who they are and what their journey is and what they're trying to get out of that journey. That is important and is the importance of that representation. So like, like again, like my, like I, I got inspiration from a fat orange cat. I'm not a fat orange cat, <laughs> but Fair point. I was I was inspired by him. I was motivated by his character. He was fat. He's fat. He's lazy, and he kicks Odie off the table. He ships Nermo to Abu Dhabi. He eats. He eats more than a U.S. Army. He does what he wants, and he's okay with that. He doesn't want to change himself for nothing. I was inspired by that when I was younger because I was always being told that I needed to be this or I needed to be that. I wouldn't be loved because I'm black or I can't do this because I'm black. Here's this orange cat doing literally whatever he wants. You know, if he can, if he can do that, what can I do, you know? So... You know, that's it's something that is always important to me. It's always it's always seen, not heard or, you know, like actions. It's the whole actions speak louder than words sort of deal. That's I, I don't know if there's a better way that could have been worded. That was that was wonderful to, to really hear that. Um, I, I wanted to, to bring that up because I also wanted to say, like, before, but especially while I was doing my research for this podcast, uh, as I looked through all the different strips and such, I, I saw a little bit of myself in each one of the thing, in each one of your strips. Uh, with with life of uh, life of Karami, uh, or sorry, Kumari. I always get that mixed up. I'm no, it's, it's it's no, it's Karami. Oh, it's Karami. Right yeah. Oh my god, I have it written down as Kumari. I I can't believe I missed that. Anyways, sorry. But in um in life of Karami, uh you know my 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 parents got divorced at uh, when I was at a very young age, and so I can only imagine like the struggle that both of them had to go through when it came to being single parents, you know, in their own sense. Uh, with rosebuds, I mean, I have you know I have siblings as well, and so seeing kind of how they interact with each other just reminded me as much of my older brother and my younger siblings as well, and especially like pen and ink when I was 
really doing the research, just kind of seeing the whole entire, like, you know, loving your craft and loving what you do, that gave me more motivation than ever when it came to this podcast. Because this is something that, like, I haven't, I didn't think was a possibility to do. Because I've always enjoyed talking to people, and I've always wanted to, like, inspire people with, like, creativity and such. And so, like, having this opportunity and then looking at pen and ink, like, all the, the different comics from that, like, it really pushed me forward to really, like, do this. So I, I want to say that what you said is probably the best way to word it, and I relate to it on so many different levels, and I thank you for what you've pushed out, for what you've made. I really do. It, it Honestly, it really means the world to me. Like, and that's, again, my big purpose of creating comics and characters in the first place is that I just want people, you know, to feel like that they, you know, they, they can, ha- you know, they can feel, uh, feel connected to them that, you know, that you, that you're there watching their journey and seeing what they do and want to feel inspired to, you know, be able to grow yourself and be able to, you know, take inspiration from them, you know, like it, it means a lot when you know, when people say that, and it really means a lot that you're saying that because it's, that's really my, my entire purpose of being a cartoonist is I'm doing this because not only does it make me happy, but I want to make others happy with it as well. Well, I think you do a good job going above and beyond that in my honest opinion. So once again, thank you for, thank you for providing the world with your creativity. Uh, Let's move on to the next question, shall we? Let's let's, <laughs> let's let's sort of relax a little bit. Now we got all the the mo- the emotion in there. <laughs> Let, let's let's stick with the comics, but more specifically, your most recent one, uh, Rosebuds. Uh, what was it? Was it? It's been about a month now since you've gotten that to print. How awesome is it? Like, I know you've had Life of uh, Karami go to print before, but how incredible is it for you to have this strip? going to print now as well it feels great honestly like and it's kind of good to be back (laughs) i I, like i like i i've kind of i've kind of missed it but at the same time this is working for me in a way that it it feels a little more beneficial if that makes sense like with life of Krami, there was you know a daily deadline like i was working on the comic literally every day from monday to saturday i had to put out a new comic strip uh, with Rosebuds, it's actually in a much, uh, in a much more, it's, it's in a very special position where it's, so it's, it's syndicated both online and in print. Andrews right. McNeil, the same people that, uh, syndicate Garfield, Peanuts, Calvin and Hobbes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, they picked up Rosebuds for online syndication for their Go Comic site. Meaning that they have, you know, they they're doing distribution through um, all, through the online world, and then I'm handling it all, through newsprint, and newsprint is handling uh, is getting rosebuds, you know, differently than Go Comics, but it's still the same way. Like I I every so rosebuds gets updated to every two every Monday and Wednesday on Go Comics. Whereas newsprint gets it once a week. So every Saturday, newsprint gets a new Rosebuds comic. And that works well for me because I get to continue working on the strip, but also realize that I can hold up, like I can reuse, I can use these comics in print, but they're spaced out more. So like, for example, I have currently a five month backlog with Rosebuds right now uh, through Go Comics. And it's like uh, from the unreleased comics, I should say. And I'm continuously working on more to get that backlog back back up. But using the the same backlog of strips that I have and converting it to newsprint, these those comics will be running in newsprint throughout 2021. Okay. So like I have a I have a big backlog to work with that you know that has me pretty comfortable right now. But you know can't slack on that you know. Right, right. Never a day off. For, or Well, there are some days off, but truly got to keep working at the craft, right? Yeah, and, you know, and since I'm also updating Rosebuds on Webtoon, Instagram, uh, and their website as well, you know, and then I also post the comics officially on Twitter and, you know, other social medias the following day. So 
Go Comics get, gets the comics every Monday and Wednesday. Twitter and other social media gets it Tuesday and Thursday. So technically, it's a full week of Rosebuds. It's just, you know, distributed a little differently. To where it lightens the load on you and you can really, you know, put in your fullest effort without trying to rush something out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's that's incredible. For those for those who don't know, for those that are thinking of potentially being a cartoonist, how hard is it to get uh, to make a strip, let alone make a strip uh, or get a strip to print or to, for distribution? <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. It's hard. It's Rosebuds is especially for what it is right now. Cause there, so there's two different way, like so there's a difference between online syndication and print syndication. Like they're they're two different monsters, uh, but they're still really rewarding monsters nonetheless. Um, but uh, it's hard. It, it to to you you really will have to uh, stand out in the crowd in order to really you know get picked up by a syndicate. Like it's. It, it's 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 not an easy feat, like not at all. Like it's, um, <clears throat> like with rosebuds, it, I I de- I developed rose. So with rosebuds in particular, the characters I've had since two thousand nine, and you know, I I made like they were my first serious attempt at making comics. Okay. And then, uh, in two thousand eleven, when I started doing things with Karami. Uh, I set them aside, knowing that I was going to bring them back one day. But then Life with Karami got picked up for syndication in 2015. Then, you know, I focused on that for, you know, two and a half years. Then immediately after Pen and Ink came in for another two years, I did six books and six animated shorts. Then uh, taught a bunch of comic book workshops using the characters to help uh, showcase how to make your own comics and things like that. And then Rosebuds comes back. Originally, like the idea was that they were supposed to come back as a graphic novel. Like I had, like I had a had a, uh, an idea for a graphic novel project, and that the comic now known as Rosebuds was just a way for me to reintroduce the characters and relearn them in a way that will allow me to flesh out their characters and then you know get them prepared for the graphic novel. But then the comic strip got really popular. Then it got picked up for syndication. So I said, all right, I'm going to put the graphic novel on the back burner until I'm ready for it. But, you know, it's just funny how things work out that way. But it was it, like, you know, this is this like 2020 is my fifth year as a professional cartoonist. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure out the ways of it. But, it, yeah, it, it really, you know, is a little difficult, especially if you're trying to become uh, print syndicated. It's excuse me. Uh, it is a uh, it, it's a real uphill battle, especially because these days it's almost difficult to get a new feature in print. Yeah, I've I've noticed with a lot of the the mainstays the fact that they're able to to stay relevant. Nevertheless, it, it I imagine how hard it is for some for you know comics that have been here for years on end and trying to introduce something new and hoping that it would succeed in the first place. I, I can only imagine how rough the process can be just in general. Oh, yeah. Honestly, you know, there would be a lot more people in newsprint, but unfortunately, I have to say this, but Charles Schultz kind of ruined that for everybody with Peanuts reruns. Yeah. Like, you know, instead of, you know, like... I think towards the end of Peanuts' run, it was in like 2,600 newspapers. So if Peanuts retired, you know how many people you could bring in, even at like 300. You know, like the main, like from what I get, from what I hear, uh, at least with like 100 to 300 papers, you could make a living off of being a newspaper cartoonist. So imagine how many people you can get. You you know could be be a professional cartoonist right now if they even had at least a hundred newspapers. But yet peanuts are still uh, popular to this day and how cheap it could probably be to, to do reruns for them. Right. Yeah. I'll say it, it's so popular to the point. I mean, they 
They keep making movies and such out of it. There's merchandise out there. They, you know, they recently made what was it? Uh, vinyl figures of like five of the Peanuts characters. I saw. Like, I'm not opposed to it. Like, I just right. wish. Like, the problem is with Peanuts is it's kind of now the thing holding the industry together. Like, once Peanuts goes as a newspaper comic strip, you know, there's going to be a huge decline in newspaper support. I see. I mean, yeah, I can I can imagine the, the issue with that. But hopefully it'll still, I mean, hopefully people will soon learn that, you know, hey, there's there's a good bit of variety and stuff out there as well, so that more professional cartoonists like yourself have more opportunities uh, for everyone, I should say. But, mm-hmm. but that's that's the hope at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, we've been talking about rosebuds a good bit, which I will say uh, once again, what a or I didn't say, but what a roller coaster of just like emotions and <laughs> like enthusiasm for it. I want to talk about the thing that's taking the internet by storm. Now, a while back, whenever I assume you were trying to like get the rosebuds going again, you developed a concept for a plush toy around one of the characters, Maria. Uh, mm-hmm. and you had like a whole entire Twitter thread, if I'm not mistaken about it. Uh, ha- did you honestly expect that a-, a possible like little toy that you were going to have to sell some collectibles? Did you expect it to snowball into the internet phenomenon that it has become? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, like being, le- being serious. No, uh, because so the whole, the whole, the whole concept of Plush Maria was a complete accident. Um, so the, the thing, as you was talking about the backstory about her, I was trying, yeah, I was trying to uh, create a plush doll of Maria from Rosebuds in hopes to help properly advertise the comic strip when it was ready to come out. And then something just went, hey, let's get, make her our own character. And it just completely, you know, it just completely went off the rails from there and went completely out of control and became the absolute unit she is today. <laughs> did, you expect, did you honestly expect the absolute unit to thrive how it has today through so many different forms, you know, so many, like, appreciation for it? To the point to where, like, even earlier today, you were live streaming as a player model of the plush. <laughs> Did you like that stuff? That has to be like beyond your wildest dreams, right? <laughs> it's oh my gosh, it is phenomenal. Like, you know, I created like as I properly developed Plush Maria's character, I created her as a way to be able to uh, get away from the love and happiness of my comics. <laughs> like, I I love. I love what I do with them, but even sometimes you need a break from that. Right. And so Plush Maria was that was this character that I just said, I'm gonna just do whatever. Like I don't care, you know, if it doesn't make sense. I'm gonna just do it, you know? And people caught on to that. People started liking that for whatever reason. And and you know, I and I definitely try, especially with Plush Maria, I try not to have outside influences on her because she is easy, she's a character that could easily be misconstructed and easily uh for lack of a better term memed up or whatever you know and that's not her character at all she's more or less a mascot character if that and you know she just so happens to be she's such a versatile character that i'm able to just include her in whatever whether it's comics whether it's animation whether it's people making mods of her for Super Mario 64. <laughs> like, her character is just that... Excuse me. Her her character is just that versatile that it just works. And, you know, we could just plop her in whatever setting and she'll take it from there. I, I'll tell you, it's gotten insane to the point where I don't know if you can see my screener or not. I have actually got... You the had the socks. socks? I got the socks. Just for the Because <laughs> it's... It's such an endearing character because it's just like, in a way, it's kind of like how you described Garfield a little bit earlier. It's just kind of one of those, she does her own thing. That, that Who am I to stop her? It, it, it's incredible. Like, she knows what she wants and she just does it. Yeah. It, I, I just want to say, though, socks? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so the only reason that merch exists is because one of my best friends 
uh, who's in the medical field, she really wanted plush Maria socks. <laughs> and I made those for her. And other people were like, who wants plush Maria socks? And I was like, okay, that's weird, but here's the socks. And they even sold like crazy. I don't know why. My socks. <laughs> But I, I'm, very, I'm very, very grateful. It's just—it's probably one of the most oddball merch I can—I could think of that people would want. And I mean, I'm glad you guys like it. I just—you're just, <laughs> just blown away with the fact that it's specifically socks that they want. The thing that people would grow up not even caring about, and nowadays it's like we want the pl- we want the absolute unit plus Maria socks. Yeah, it, and you know what? What's crazy is it sounds crazy enough that is it's in character for her to have socks. That's that's what blows me the way the most. Like, of all things, socks. Okay, you know what? You know, I'm happy you guys like it. I I really am, and I'm not I'm not judging anybody. It's just of all the things, socks. Okay, but I digress. Uh. I'm just waiting now for a future plush Maria comic strip to where one of the Bristol uh, Bristolians have one of have just all the merchandise just decked out and like everything plush Maria. <laughs> just just you're just wearing socks. <laughs> <laughs> just, just just all the socks on every single limb, even one like the nose. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I I I do love the Bristolians too. Yes. Like like I, I love how versatile they are as characters as well. How they like like I felt like I didn't utilize them enough in pen and ink. So I was really glad to be able to bring them in uh, uh, plush Maria's comics as well because I felt like they could work there as well with how oddball everything else is there. I appreciate. I, I want to say I do appreciate how you got one of them to be basically the absolute substitute. For me. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that. Like, uh, I, I I thought it was a pretty funny storyline to be like, okay, here's this, you know, Plushmere goes away from the comic for a while to take to take care of uh, a certain Gonzalez girl. And, you know, he, subst- he substituted in. He's just and sitting so, there like, I, I'm just, this is my first professional gig. I hope I'm doing this right. <laughs> I mean... I can't blame the dude. Like being an absolute unit is tough. I mean, no one said it was going to be easy. That's why everyone can't be an absolute unit. Just saying. <laughs> uh, but I mean, like with with strips like that, you've gotten a, a lot of attention from a lot of people. One of them that you've uh, they've recently announced or that recently joined up with recently, and one that actually caught my attention, you've recently teamed up with Toe Jam and Earl. To make a Funky Friday comic strip, if I'm correct, how did that deal come? To, or how did that, you know, come to be? Man, those guys are the best. <laughs> like, and I'm, like this is actually kind of the first time I get to actually properly talk about it because uh, I haven't really gone in depth, you know, too in depth with it on Twitter. Right. But um, so last year they were make uh, they did like a incredibly short one. It was like maybe four four strips. Of Toe Jam and Earl comics, I think it had a story arc to it, but it kind of just, uh, you know, it, it it just abruptly stopped. So then I, you know, contacted them. I was like, hey, you know, I'm a cartoonist. I like I do newspaper like comics, and you know, I'd love to take up the offer if you guys are want to do something like that. And then you know, from that point, they kind of started following my work and have been really, they've been really incredible supporters of it. And then I got to talk with uh, the co-creator, uh, Greg Johnson, who loved the idea of doing comics on, you know, for Twitter. And I think the biggest thing about this is that they basically gave me creative freedom, you know, for the comic. They just kind of said, yeah. you know, do what you want, kind of, you know, we'll let you handle this the way you want to handle it. And, you know, the only things that they've been doing in terms of the comic is just... Uh, more so on the editorial side where they, you know, m- just make sure like either Kojam or Earl's dialogue kind of fits their character, things like that. But they've kind of just let me do whatever. So what I've been doing with the comic is kind of blending, you know, it, like I treat the comic as an amalgamation of all of the Kojam and Earl comics from the first two back in the groove. But also try to, I like the humor of uh, Mission to Earth. So I've been, you know, trying to 
trying to hit that humor line with it while, while also trying to keep in line with the art style to back in the groove. But it's it's pretty much a, like the whole comic is mostly a celebration of Toe Jam and Girl entirely. And I've been trying to, you know, go through these comics, you know, to kind of play around with their characters and, you know, like, it, it, again, it's crazy that I have this much creative freedom and they're just like, yeah, go ahead, you know, do whatever. Like, you know, they, they, they basically said, hey, just keep it rated E for everyone, you know, you know, and, you know, that's kind of what my comics are like anyways, but it's really cool that, you know, they, they, they have that much trust and faith in me to go, yeah, you know, you have this huge arsenal, do whatever. And so I've been, I've been at least limiting myself to what is canon to, you know, Toe Jam and Earl universe. But also, you know, sometimes I'll make my own canon stuff like the Stripotron. That's uh, that's how that's how people are able to see Tojim and Earl through these comics is that they're using the Stripotron, which is kind of which is pretty funny to me at least. And so, but yeah, like this. Go go ahead. No, sorry, I was just gonna say it's the part that blew that. Uh... That blows me away is the fact that, like you said, the fact that they're just basically be like, "Yeah, we know what you do. Just do what you want. You know, you know the the bare minimum. You know, just make sure that anyone can look at this and anyone can read it." I mean, it's incredible that a company like that would give you just free reign essentially with these characters. Yeah, it's it, especially the co-creator of Tojimiro, the one who designed these characters. Like he's been like he's been loving the comics, and I just get so happy to hear that. Like, dude is. Dude is amazing, and it's such an honor that he entrusts me with his characters like this. Like I've never worked with like with anything like this before. Like this is like I'm technically a part of the video game industry now because of this. Yeah, and, yeah. Like it's 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 such an, an amazing experience to just be able to go to do this, and you know, like like it feels fun. It, it it's it is fun. It and, should be fun. <laughs> and so, and it's like you know they're. They they closely watch you know watch the comic and they kind of they'll as I say they'll give their feedback it's mostly editorial stuff but uh, but they really just go yeah man do whatever like and it's you know that type of freedom is absolutely amazing and the trust that they have in that I wish more people in the video game industry had that because like this is this is what creativity thrives on is that trust and the ability to just go. Yeah, let's just do it, you know? Like that like di- like the communication on to have this was like within like a few weeks. Like like I proposed the idea to them like a week, like within a week, and then they said, Hey, send us a uh a uh a sample strip so we can send it to uh, you know, Mr. Greg. And so I did I did a sample comic within a few hours. They uploaded it on Twitter, which it blew up on there. And then I sent it to Mr. Greg, and he was like, yeah, this is great. Let's do it. And I got to talk to him, and he was just like, listen. Uh, he was like, you know, listen, I like, I, I love the idea of this. I think this is fun. And I think the thing that really blew me away about this whole thing was that he was like, you know, I understand that there's no monetary value in this for me. Yeah, I, I'm doing this because it's fun, and it brings more – you know, it just brings more engagement to the Toe Jam and Earl fan base. So, you know, let's do this. So, you know, it, it's, 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 again, it's that type of relationship I love with creators and with people that kind of understand this, you know, just having fun. It's all, like at the end of the day, we're all here together just trying to have fun creating stuff. And, you know, the fact that he, they were willing to take a chance on me with that, you know, is a huge honor. And seeing, you know, the reception on it on Twitter has Twitter and Facebook has just been, you know, amazing. It's just been so fun. Like, I've, I'm really enjoying this. And it's been fun to kind of, you know, do something different that's not my work either. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say other than just, you know, it's, again, like I said, it's incredible to see just hearing the amount of enthusiasm and the amount of, like, support that you have behind this. Because they're probably hundreds of other people that you know would like opportunities with other uh video games and such and the fact that you have such a good close working relationship with them is honestly incredible uh 
Well, I mean, and that actually leads to my next point. Uh, you know, you got support from Toe Jam Monroe. You got all the support from the internet. You're, you know, you have stuff that, you know, uh, made the print. You got all, you know, all sorts of different support. Is there ever a moment where you've just like had to set, you know, sit back and be like, "This is my life now. How did I get here?" Every day. <laughs> <laughs> and every day, I also ask, "Do I really deserve it?" You know, like it's something that. I, it's that whole self-doubt and anxieties that, you know, you know, like stuff like this doesn't come often for people. And, you know, people are taking a chance on me and I want to make sure that I don't take that for granted or, you know, are doing anything that makes people doubt their trust or investment in me. Um, especially because of lately, you know, things are just, you know, creators left and right coming out being not great people or not great influences. And, you know, people's trust in other people, including my trust in other people, is starting to dwindle. It's, you know, it's something that I'm just, it's, it's important to me that, <clears throat> excuse me, it's important to me that, you know, I make sure that I continue doing what I'm doing and doing what is right for not only myself, but for the others that I associate with and the people that are following me. Like there, there is, you know, a bit of a, you know, a duty on my end that I have to, you know, have to, to abide by. I mean, it's understandable, but I mean, you know, the fact that, like I said before, you got that support behind you and you got the, you know, the people behind you, the fact that you've been given these opportunities and such, and, you know, it's, it's, in, what's the words I'm looking for? Words are wonderful, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just, yeah. <laughs> I think that's probably the best way to work. Uh, no, but it's like the, the fact that you've not taken this for granted also, it, it's, it's, you know, it's great to hear that it's humbling to hear because some people, they, they'll give, they've been given opportunities over and over again and some people just waste it like it's nothing so yeah and, and it's and again that's one of the things that is incredibly important to me like i tell people that no one is ever obligated to support what you do so you know it's important that you make sure that you don't take that for granted and are you know making sure that you're you know that you are you know, staying true to yourself and are doing the right thing, you know? Right. All right. Absolutely. That's how, that's how people should be. They should be true to themselves. Uh, I mean, and this will lead also to my next point. It's one of those, you said yourself that you, you know, the, the community, the support that you have from them for just being you, are you impressed? Like, I know that the art community can be very niche at times, or especially like the cartoon community. Are you impressed and proud of the community that you have behind you? Absolutely. Yeah, like one of the biggest things about the community is that people are wanting to look after each other, and they are, they definitely. They definitely really – sorry, I'm just lost in thought. <laughs> like one of – the thing about the community that I really enjoy is they do practice what they preach. When it comes to supporting others, they don't just go, hey, support other artists, support small-time artists. They actually do support people. They actually go out of the way to not even go out of their way, but they actually you know, tell people how much their work means to them. They tell other people about other people's works. They, they feel it feels more like a family instead of just a bunch of random people that are, you know, together and liking things. You know, like, like earlier today, I did a live stream uh, about with uh, Plush Maria sixty four. You know, two people. You know, two people uh, made a mod of Plush Maria in Super Mario sixty four. I was having the time of my life playing the game. But in the middle of it, I was having some controller issues, and I called I called uh, one of them up on Discord in the middle of the stream while we were just having technical difficulties, and the, the the people that were watching were just laughing along at just how absurd the you know we were just 
figuring things out. And, you know, it was like it, it, and it, it didn't feel like rules, you know, it was like a professional front or anything. It was just, Oh, Hey, I need to figure this thing out. And, you know, we have, you know, a lot of people here watching us like, Hey, let's figure this out, you know, but it was, you know, and then even when I apologized about it, people were just like, hey, this is actually pretty hilarious. Like, it's no problem with it, you know? Like, we're here for each, we're here for all of our silly mistakes and, you know, errors, as well as all of our successes and failures. It's not just a, you know, like a one sided thing. It's a, we're all in this together. And I know there's so, there's only much, so much I can do, you know, because there's so many people, there's only one of me. But, you know, whenever I can bring a little smile to people's faces, whether it's just messaging them, saying, hey, keep up the good work or comment on their art or even liking it, you know, I want to ensure that, you know, as much as they're willing to support me, I try my best to support others as well. I, that I, I can relate to that on, a, on you know, so many levels as well. I, I was going to say that's the main reason why I made the podcast. I have next to no artistic talent whatsoever. But if I could show people their appreciation and have and pre- provide a flat platform for people to show them that, hey, their art is incredible. You should go check out their art. I feel like I'm doing... I feel... I feel like I'm helping out. And I feel like... I want to show the, all these artists that, you know, I, I will have on here the same support and love that I feel like they deserve for such incredible talent that they have. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, I, once again, that's why I was glad that you were able to, to come on uh, for the podcast. Um, we've been talking for a good bit. Wow. <laughs> so, so many emotions and so much joy. This is what I imagined a podcast to be like. Well, this is, this, this is, you know, how I feel all the time. Like, it's like, again, like this, like this whole career is a humbling experience. I get to make something that makes people happy and people get to feel happy to, to want to associate with it. And even, you know, like it enough to share it with other people. Like, again, no one's obligated to do it, but they feel, you know, they like it enough that they want to share it. They want other people to have it in their lives. Like that's, that's, that's one of the, you know, nothing, like there's nothing like anything financial that I can get out of this could compare that I'm actually making a difference in other people's lives just by making fun stuff that brings a little happiness. Like right now the world is in chaos and everyone's tired and depressed. And there's no one, there's not a lot of people that are, you know, like even the positive people are pretty exhausted. Like I'm, I'm beat, (laughs) I'm beat down, man. (laughs) But despite all of it, people still see hope. They still see something that, even if it's something as simple as seeing, you know, you know, three sisters bicker with each other or a mother just trying to get through day by day with her infant daughter or even two sisters that are just, you know, playing around with art or just even something like Plush Maria, who's literally just doing her own thing. Yeah. You know, like people are connecting to this stuff and are wanting, you know, are wanting to have that bit of happiness in their lives that they you know that they produce or at least i hope that they produce and you know it means a lot to me that they you know that they are that invested in it you know and they want nothing but to see it succeed like that that goes a long way it it really does it really does um I have one last question for you, and it's a question that I, I like to end just about every podcast if this thing becomes more than just three or four episodes. But obviously, as a cartoonist, you know anyone could argue that cartoon is art. How important do you think art is, not only to you, but for society as a whole? I mean, without art, you know, I don't think a lot of the the ground the groundbreaking things that have that have happened would have happened because. You know, it takes a lot of, you know, a lot of things, especially in the art world, to really make things happen. And, you know, art is more than just drawing pictures or video games. It's architect or it's, 
uh, creative writing or, you know, it's it's a vast majority of things that are in our literal everyday lives. And, you know, without it, you know, it, you know, it's it, it's like I, I'd hate to see what the world would be like without it. You know, I, I'll, I'll just put it that way, because I, I don't think it would be pretty at all. Well, I mean, to be fair, I think it'd be hard to imagine the world without art because, well, sound, I hate to sound cheesy here, but Earth without art is just, eh. And it's true. <laughs> I, you know, I've been, I, was, I was avoiding the heck out of saying that. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, hey, hey, I'll, I'll take that, you know, you know, grown from the mass audience from that one. I'll take that one more than happy. Thanks for, ta- uh, thanks for taking one for the team, boy. I'm more than... More than welcome to take more than that. D, it has been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's really been wonderful to talk to you uh, as well. And I cannot thank you enough for taking time out of your day to just sit down and just chat for a bit. It's It's been a huge honor, dude. Like, I, I've, I've enjoyed my time. It's been really great. Go ahead and plug yourself real quick for the people at home. <laughs> well, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at at SuperD2, S-U-P-R-D-E-E-2. Uh, I do have a website uh, with all my social links and stuff, uh, SuperD2.com, S-U-P-R-D-E-E-2. Uh, you can read Rosebuds at GoComics.com slash Rosebuds or RosebudsComics.com. Uh, you can see uh, uh, – you can follow me. <laughs> uh, I post about comp- my comics. Um, I talk about Plush Maria probably a little bit too much. Uh, but other than that, you know, if you're just looking for a place to just have fun with art and just talk about things, you know, related to art and comics and Garfield, uh, I'm the guy to follow. And I do want to say real quickly, when it comes to all those links, you also have a shop there, correct? Yes. Uh, I, I Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can find it there too in uh, superd2.com. There's a uh, an official merch store I've partnered up with Teespring, and so they're handling all my merch and related things. I mean, that's how I got the socks. So I mean, <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to make one quick suggestion for the shop, especially with how the times have been for these days. We need a plush Maria mask that just simply says "Absolute Mask." So I'm gonna I can. I, so I considered that because uh, there's been some requests with it. I don't want to go that route. Okay. Just okay. because I think, well, for one, you know, technically Plush Maria doesn't even need a mask. <laughs> that, that's a good point. That is a good point. And so, but um, I don't know. It, it doesn't feel feel right for my stuff to have you know, mass produced mask or things like that. Okay. Um, but I have been thinking of other stuff that would be fun. Like next, uh, next year is Marie, uh, on next Marie, one of the, one of the, one of the, uh, yearly events that we're planning, uh, is this year was Maria was Maria day, which was, uh, March 14th, M A R one four. So it celebrated both Maria and plush Maria. And so for that day, uh, for that week of Maria Day, I, I officially revealed her absolute unit shirt for sale for only that week. And it sold like crazy, which is why I got this partnership with Teespring in the first place. Because they were like, we saw you selling this shirt like crazy and wanted to know what was going on. <laughs> so, and so I'm only making that shirt available for a yearly, you know, for a yearly event. So it won't be coming out till next Maria Day. Okay. Hey, mark, so, mark the calendars now, people, because that stuff will probably sell out quick or sell like crazy at the very least. Oh, yeah. Like, man, it, it, it was a blast. But I'm also in talks with some other things. But I'm sl- I have to wait to see, you know, it's the whole supply and demand thing. Right, like, right. You know, I don't want to make things that won't sell well, but I also, you know, don't know what will sell well until I know what people will buy. And there's a few things people will buy, but I need to make sure there's enough people that will buy it in order for me to do it. That's fair enough. 
If nothing else, I do want to also say, whenever you do sell the Absolute Unit shirts again, go ahead and have a variant as well with the Absolute Substitute. I will buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> you know what? I'll keep that in mind. I'll keep that in mind for Maria Day. <laughs> and if, any, if, if anything, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Let's see what, let's, let's see what happens for Maria Day. Yes. <laughs> I will let you know right now, the instant I get that shirt, I'm wearing that for the next podcast. Just for you. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm holding you to that. Yes. Speaking of the podcast, once again, you can go find us on Anchor FM, Spotify, and wherever you can find your audio podcast forms, or follow the YouTube page, Postmodern Art Podcast. Follow us on Twitter as well, at Postmod Art Pod, or you can follow my personal one. Links will be in the description for all of our stuff as well as Dee's stuff as well. Uh, Dee, once again, thank you so much for taking the time out. It has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you. Same with you, man. Same with you. Everyone out there, hasta luego, amigos. <laughs>